Yes, honey, I know you want to be on the show, but what I really need is somebody to fill up my drink and maybe do some laundry. Oh, awesome intro right there. That is the intro. (laughs) This week's Major Spoilers podcast heard the screaming of a millions of voices as if nerds everywhere were crying out and silenced all at once and is brought to you by Charles Alba, Eric Steele, Saul Hugarth, Kevin Flythe, and Renee and Jay Valentine. Faithful spoilerites all, and this one goes out to them. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. And I'm Stephen. And you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. <laughs> We're all alone. Yay! Everybody left us. Rodrigo left us, and Zach left us, and Rob left us, and Dave left us. We actually had Festus come in, and he was going to be in the show, but no one could understand what he was talking about. Uh, Dante was going to be on the show, and then Dante was like, no, I'm sorry, I'm going to go play golf. That is the Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. <laughs> Welcome to issue 461 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. I'm so alone. Matthew is so alone out there in the uh, uh, wilds of eastern Kansas. Yep. Here in the in the wilds, just me and my new signal man action. Team. No, Rodrigo, he's at a wedding. No, it's not his wedding. No. Zach is not here because... Oh, actually, Rodrigo will join us later in the show. Zach is not here. He's outstanding in his field. There you go. Soccer exactly. again. You know what? Feet. To be honest, I am so glad that the fall sports wrap up. Uh, we had a nonstop sports action thing last weekend. Mm-hmm. This weekend is football, and then we're done with that. And then next weekend, we have volleyball and basketball season starts. So I'm just basketball on it all the way until spring. Basketball. Basketball. Yay. <laughs> Let's get basketball. to some news. Do, 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 do. Valiant and the USA Luge team partner together. Animated test reel for Axe Cop arrives. Crossbones and Kobe Smulders are to appear in Captain America 2 Winter Soldier Electric Boogaloo. (sighs) Arnold Schwarzenegger returns as Conan. And the Evil Dead trailer arrives. Let's spin that Wheel of Destiny and see what important topic we're going to talk about this week. Oh my god, the wheel is off its hook because we're talking about Marvel and DC and Disney and... Actually, we're talking about Disney... Announcing that they are buying uh, Lucasfilm and everything that goes with Lucasfilm, but, and that's part of the uh, the big thing. So not only I does talk about that, why not? Be- because it's just it's Disney, and they're like the Lucas and George Lucas is now richer, and just. But <laughs> uh, well, look at it this way, Matthew. At one okay. point, at one point, Disney owned your very precious Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. That's true. And they screwed and, him up. And you probably had an opinion about this. So now, today, at the very, I mean, it was like end of the day. It was like five o'clock time, uh, yeah. East Coast. Uh, of course, uh, both Lucasfilm and Disney being located on the West Coast, it was like still three and o'clock in the afternoon, two o'clock in the afternoon. Disney announced that they're going to buy Lucasfilm and everything that goes with it for $4.05 billion. $4 billion. Here's everything that goes with it. LucasArts. Industrial Light and Magic, Skywalker Sound, Lucasfilm, 
So those are all the companies. It also goes with the properties. Star Wars goes with this, and this is the big one that everyone was freaking out about. But people also may not be aware that Indiana Jones, the entire Indiana Jones franchise, goes to Disney now as well. Ooh. Now, part of me is not too surprised at this news because Lucas and um, Disney have been buddy-buddy since the, um, what is it, late 80s, early 90s when they opened Star Tours and the Indiana Jones attraction. So that's not such a big deal. I think the big deal is the fact that not only with this announcement that uh, Disney bought uh, Lucasfilm, uh, but they're also planning for a Star Wars movie, a seventh Star Wars movie, to arrive in theaters in 2015. And the internet lost its crap. (coughs) Well, you know why? Why? Because Star Wars is important to people. And people, a vast, I think, a vast swath of people on the internet believe that Star Wars is only good because of George Lucas. (laughs) Well, there's an equal number of people that think Star Wars sucks because of George Lucas. That George Lucas ruins everything. But I think what it comes down to is that we have this theory of, of that, that auteur theory that Star Wars would not have been good if it weren't for George Lucas. And even a lot of the people who say George Lucas has now lost his crap and, you know, the, the second trilogy, the right. third, fourth, fourth, fifth, second, and third sixth movies, yeah. you know, those, those three movies, the prequels were awful and George Lucas has lost his stuff and uh, everything's terrible. You know, I, I guess I just don't, I just don't agree because, uh, with that assessment that people say that he's ruined Star Wars because – it's Star Wars. He's the one that created it. He's got control of it. If he wants to do and create a character like Jar Jar Binks, he's free to do that. You know, he also gave the thumbs up to, to Jax, the seven foot tall green rabbit. And no, and no one has uh, gone crazy over that. Oh, people did back <laughs> in the day. There were a lot of people. <laughs> I thought that that was a, I thought that was a very cool, uh, very cool <laughs> character for a seven year old to be reading about. And um, here's something else, though, that we that, you know, we don't consider is when they say there's going to be a seventh Star Wars film, mm-hmm. the second trilogy, the ones that are chronologically first took right. place, what, 30 years before the Star Wars that we now and love. Right. And if they do, uh, you know, a seven, eight, nine trilogy, those could take place anywhere up to 30 years after because the expanded universe, which, by the way. I have something to say about here in a moment, but the expanded universe has tons and tons of stuff in it that that you just know that somebody wants to undermine and shoot down. Well, you know, going 30 years into the future of Luke Skywalker. Well, here's the thing. We don't know what the stories for um, the seventh movie is going to be about. But Disney has said and George Lucas have said that there are plans on the table to do a new Star Wars film, seven, eight and nine, a new trilogy of films. Uh, every year at for every other year after 2015. So 15, right. 17 and 19, we will see more Star Wars films. They say they've already got the stories basically already laid out and developed and planned, which wouldn't surprise me considering Lucas. Um, but wasn't there a Dark Horse Comics series about Luke and Leia like 30 years right. later? Let's go into Expanded Universe for just a moment. No, yes, that's fine. There was. Yeah. And there was also Dark Empire, which was a book series. And there mm-hmm. have been. Dozens and dozens of uh, comic books and, you know, novelizations and, and audiobooks and whatever you want to call it. But the expanded universe exists on the sole expectation that these stories could be negated when the next piece of official merchandise or right, stuff comes right. out. Mm-hmm. It's the main reason why I, I cannot bring myself to read expanded universe. I, I can't bring myself to go and really try and understand the origins of Boba Fett's Mandalorian armor. Because what it breaks down to in the final analysis is 
they keep telling Star Wars over again. And in order to do that, they have to keep revitalizing the Empire. Mm-hmm. And That's having, fine. oh, no, it's not Darth Vader. Now it's Darth uh, Vader. But I think that having a seventh, eighth, and ninth movie is good for two reasons. One, George Lucas clearly stated in the build-up to Return of the Jedi back in 1981-82, I have have a nine-movie arc in Mm -hmm. my head. Yeah. And he said it over and over and over. And then about the time that they started working on the first trilogy, George Lucas said, no, wait. Now, the seven, eight, and nine, we don't really have a seven, eight, and nine, do I? No, no, I'm never going to make those movies. Well, he's right. He's never going to make them. That doesn't mean he's not going to be involved. Well, he's he's serving in, in this agreement. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy, uh, who's mm-hmm. been really kind of uh, running uh, Lucasfilm uh, for the last several years, uh, she will continue to remain on board uh, at uh, at Lucasfilm uh, and be part of the Disney team. Uh, Lucas will remain as a consultant to any future Star Wars projects, so they will go to him and seek his advice. But you know, if he said, "You know what? I'm really not interested in making a seven, eight, nine, or I'm not going to make seven, eight, nine. He was basically telling the truth because now Disney gets to make episodes seven, eight, and nine. And I know you don't like expanded universe, and I know you think that it doesn't count and that it's not canon to somebody it matters. But what I guess my point when you say that you've got a story that takes place 30 years after the Battle of Yavin 4, Mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, how many years has it been since the Star Wars movie came out, Return of the Jedi? 35 years. I mean, (laughs) hey, uh, uh, Mark Hamill is now a perfect age to play his older self. (laughs) And so it'd be, well, and, and, and you have the, and the other good thing about having all this stuff, expanded universe stuff, whether you say it's in, it, whether it's con, in canon or not, um, they have a wealth of stuff to pull from. I mean, they can go pull stories from anywhere in the galaxy and put it in the seven, eight, nine. They could put Luke Skywalker in seven, eight, nine. They could do so many different things uh, with this. And I think it's a, I think it's a good opportunity. I mean, it's a, it's a chance for people who are Star Wars fans to see more Star Wars movies and to have see it have and more official Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean there's a lot of fan films and George Lucas embraces the fan film. I don't know how that's going to change after um this acquisition is complete and the the buyout isn't complete yet. I mean that still has to go through the securities and exchange and make sure that there's no antitrust and all that good stuff yet. Right. Um so it may not happen. Yeah, well T-Mobile and didn't happen. <laughs> uh I, you know, I think there's enough of an argument that them buying Lucasfilm is not going to create a monopoly in the entertainment industry. Well, um, you know, that's for someone to say. Yeah, I would yeah. say that when it comes to Star Wars, people are going to take it personally. Oh, sure. Because Star Wars is one of those things that really polarizes people. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are lots of people who are like, Star Wars is the greatest movie ever. And they're right for, you know, for what that is. And there are people who say Star Wars is stupid and only stupid people care about Star Wars. And they're also right. In their own way. But I think what it's going to break down to is just because Lucasfilm is owned by Disney does not mean that George is not going to have a hand, a job, you know, a day to day. Hey, I'm George Lucas and this is what's going on kind of thing. If I remember, I'd have to go back and see how much he makes on this. Um, It was a cash and stock option deal. And I think it was something like 40 million dollars in cash is exchanged in this. And I don't know if that goes into his pocket or into the company or. Or where yeah, it goes, probably both. I mean, it if he, you know, if he's the businessman that I think he is, and I think he is. Um, oh, I'm the- sorry, I'm sorry. Disney paying approximately half of the consideration, the 4.05 billion in cash. So Disney's shelling out two, two and billion, a half billion billion dollars. billion dollars. 
<laughs> and issuing approximately 40 million shares at closing. That's wow. So that's here's, here's the other thing that's kind of surprising. So, okay. So, um, okay. So just a, a, a step back uh, on the continuity thing, and then I'll move forward about some, some money issues. Um, so yeah, I mean, as far as story wise goes, Disney can do a lot of things. You're going to get some more official star Wars stuff. More importantly, we're going to get so much more, uh, Disney related star Wars merchandise or star Wars merchandise. I went down the toy aisle today at the local Walmart, uh, looking for something for my son. And there's a, half of an aisle just still full of star Wars stuff. So this was not a, just, it's not a movie franchise thing. So if people are thinking, Oh, uh, they bought them just for the movie rights and the star Wars and the Lucas. Uh, no, they bought it because there's so much toy merchandising that yeah. can be made. That's so where the real are, money is. They are buying, he is selling his merchandising rights. Well, that goes with it. So, okay. uh, it's, it's a pretty big, it's a pretty big deal. Now also people weren't paying attention. The Indiana Jones Jones franchise goes, uh, with this Yay. deal as well. <laughs> and all the awesome Indiana Jones toys that have come Well, out see, there's the a problem with that, too, because there's a licensing a deal that's kind of all screwed up. That's why we've never really had any good Indiana Jones toys because of um, legal uh, reasons. Legal. So, yeah. The legal. Um, okay, so uh, real quick for people that are wondering, because someone tweeted me like right away, what does this mean for the Dark Horse comic book? franchise probably in the short term nothing yeah and that's kind of what i said too because uh, here's the statement that was uh, announced by dark horse dark horse and lucasfilm have a strong partnership which spans over 20 years and has produced multiple characters and storylines which are now part of the star wars lore uh this is the president richardson said this star wars will be with us for the near future obviously this deal changes the landscape so we'll all have to see what this means for the future uh the only thing that i can say is yes the star wars franchise will remain with dark horse in the short term in the long term, we saw what happened with Boom Studios, and I was assured when when uh, Boom or uh, when uh, Disney bought Marvel and um, Boom was running all those Disney titles, I was assured, oh no no no, these titles will stay with us for quite a while. And sure enough, over the next three years, away went the Pixar titles, away went the Ducktales titles, away went the Disney properties, and now Marvel has they they print through Marvel now essentially, although they don't print that much. Unfortunately, I have a feeling that that's what's going to happen in this situation as well. You probably got about three years on this deal, and then it'll be back over at Marvel, which could be a good thing, right? I mean, Jackson coming well, back, right? No, no, okay, hang what? On. Come on, stepping back, Jackson. <laughs> hey, as with everyone, Jackson, giant created. green, giant green rabbit, bad, hot girl no. with platinum awesome. blonde hair in a fuzzy awesome. pink bikini, awesome. All of those characters belong to Lucasfilm now. <laughs> Jackson is a Lucasfilm character that was created by, you know, the creators. I, th I think it was actually either Roy Thomas or uh, yeah, yeah. or Archie Goodwin. But this is the thing. Those are actually owned by Lucasfilm. And Jackson's race is part of the Star Wars Expanded oh, sure it is. Universe. Yeah, it is. All of that is currently part of their canon if they want to yeah, use yeah. it. I don't think it. that changing across the street to Marvel I think you should have is going to make them change. Darth Jackson. Darth Jackson. I think it's beautiful. <laughs> but here's something else that you have to think about. The guys who are making the Dark Horse comics mm -hmm. are guys who love Star Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who are trusted with the properties, who have chunks of those properties that are basically – 
you know, this is John Ostrander's corner of the Star Wars expanded universe. And this is the corner for the guys who do Knight Errant. And this is the corner for the guys who do Knights of the Old Republic. And this is the corner for people who believe that Jar Jar isn't stupid. Those people could easily still work. Oh, yeah, for they're Lucasfilm. not. Yeah, they're not work. under contract with, with they could uh, even work for the same Dark people. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the Dark Horse editor could change to a Marvel editor and we could get the same books with the same thing with just a different trade. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not too worried about, about that. You're going to see Star Wars they're comics. Licensed comics. Yeah, yeah. You're going to see Star Wars comics. If at the point that there are a decision is made and they say, you know what, we are going to take this over to Marvel Disney. At that point, I'll bet you even money we do not see so much as a page break between issue number X51 and issue number X52. Right, right. Because I think the guys that are doing the Star Wars books, first of all, they're already licensed books right. that have to go through Lucasfilm channels for approval. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a difference between, you know, Scott Alley editor and Joe Quesada editor is what yeah, it's going to yeah, break yeah. down to. Uh, Twitter poster asks, did we fans drive Ju George Lucas to say, screw it, I'm cashing out? Yes. Our hatred for George Lucas and our George Lucas has lost it. We caused we caused him to just cry and turn around and go, well, I'm just going to take my ball uh, and go home. I'm not I'm not sure about that. You I, know what? I, I don't I don't if I know that there's a lot me, of people that say that. I know there's a lot of people that say that. And maybe George may even say that. I just don't think that. I mean, he could use that as a convenient excuse. But um, George is getting old. He's lived a long life. Um. That goiter on his neck isn't getting any smaller. Okay, stop. Um, that's just rude. No, I'm saying I'm serious. I mean, that's a that is a health issue. That yeah. that's a that could be there could be health reasons why he's getting out now, right? Well, and it may be something where you know George George has had a lot of time to do a lot of things. George mm -hmm. will probably never be forgotten. Oh no, for what he's provided to pop culture, right? And, you know, it, you got to figure a man who grew up in the 1930s, loving the 30s serials, mm -hmm. by now he's got to be pushing 70, isn't he? How old is oh, he? Oh, yeah. He's he's up there. Yeah. So if we look at that, this may be just George Lucas going, yeah, it's you retiring. know what? This is, this is my retirement fund. Yeah, and that's I'm fine. I'm going to take $2.4 billion, dollars, <laughs> $2. <laughs> $2. Yeah, yeah. and I'm going to go and buy myself, you know, San, San Lucas. Or, he, he already owns half of Marin Madigan County, City. so, you know. <laughs> Uh, here's the, here's the, here's another interesting thing, uh, that I find, find out that, uh, uh, so Disney says, Hey, we've got a new star Wars movie. It's coming out in 2015. Guess what else is also coming out in 2015? Avengers three. Avengers two is coming out in 2015. And justice league of America, justice league of America. So we've got this weird thing where it seems like Warner brothers is now between a rock and a hard place What's because that? they've got two powerhouse movies that are going to compete for that dollar and uh you know you can write into and ascribe anything that you want to this but uh the final dark knight movie did not do as well as the billion dollar let's make a crap ton of money uh dark knight movie uh right. and i think part of the reason why this last batman film didn't do so well is because it was up against the avengers and a lot of people went to see the Avengers and the Avengers was still There's, playing even when Batman was in the theater. So here you've got Star Wars and people's excitement against uh, Avengers 2 up against a Justice League movie that, well, quite honestly, a lot of people have already written off. Well, there's also the fact that, you know, you, bat fans don't realize this. 
because they're like, oh my God, it's a Batman movie. I'll say that third but Batman film wasn't that, that third good. third Batman movie was the least of the three. Yeah, yeah. It, it it came at a point where people were like, well, maybe Christopher Nolan isn't the greatest thing since right, right, right. Maybe he's played out. Maybe without a Heath Ledger or without, you know, a big uh, Ray Fiennes thing, mm-hmm. you can't do it. I think that it's been, what, seven, eight years of, of Christopher Nolan Batman. I think that pop culture goes in cycles. Oh, and sure. right now, the naysayers started after Dark Knight came out mm-hmm. saying the third movie will never be as good. Bane's Bane's going to suck and the voice is going to suck and this is going to suck. The naysayers started before that movie came out. And I think it was never going to be as successful as a second. I I just think that putting I mean, man, I I really honestly believe that Warner Brothers is in a tight spot because they're going to be up against Avengers 2 and the new Star Wars movie. It's and that's what the summer. I mean, remember the year that Independence Day came out. Uh, There was a summer, just a summer onslaught of. Of big movies, I think Jurassic Park two or three came out that that year. Independence Day, uh, just a bunch of movies that eventually got clobbered a lot because of Independence Day. Um, so yep. it's gonna be it's gonna be a real it's gonna be a real finesse for Warner Brothers to. Um, I think you're overthinking this because I believe that Lucasfilm colon a Walt Disney company <laughs> and Marvel Productions colon a Walt Disney company right 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 are also going to be competing with each other. Yeah, they will to an extent, but see, here's more than likely this is what's going to happen. I think we have a release date. I have to go back into the major spoilers archives. We have a release date for Avengers Two, um, you know, Electric Boogaloo. We don't have an exact date on the Star Wars movie, but I'm going to bet that. Disney is going to put Star Wars as far away, but still in the summer release schedule from Avengers 2 as they can. And Warner Brothers, who hasn't announced the exact date of the Justice League, is going to be stuck right in between the two. Mm. That's kind of my prediction on that. Mm. Well, it, it I mean, it's got as much brains behind it as anything else. Oh, that sure. Saying right now. I would say that I don't know what's going to happen, but I think yeah, that yeah. in the long run, what it's going to boil down to is, in, I think in the short term, probably in the next five to ten years, the people who are running Lucasfilm now mm-hmm. are going to continue running Lucasfilm oh, sure. and, you know, cycling That's, out. Yeah. Lucas will probably continue to be a part of Lucasfilm, even, you know, now, even if he does officially retire with his $2.5 billion. And by the way, billion. If they offered me $2.5 billion, they could surgically weld a dog to the side of my head. Oh, did you hear that, DC Comics? Now you have a hook for your next uh, what was dog, that welder. dog, well, dog welder character. Yes. The movie, yeah. But more importantly, I think that what it, you know what we're looking at is something where people are freaking out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are saying, oh, my God, this next movie is going to be great or it's going to be awful. All or, we know right now yeah. – is this next movie is going to be. It's going to happen. And, and here's the and other thing, too. We, that's all we can figure out. So, so far, I mean, this is this came at the end of the day on a Wednesday, a slow news day. And it, this is one of those announcements that cracks the Internet in half. And there's some people that are like, this is going to ruin Lucasfilm. And the people are going to say, this is going to ruin Star Wars. And you know what? We had that exact same argument uh, from people on the interwebs uh, when Disney acquired Marvel. Also, four billion dollars and we ended up getting the avengers and people just love that oh my god that's how you do a superhero film right i think that was me that said that um 
But uh, <laughs> <laughs> hi, I'm Stephen, and I like to pat myself on the back. No, yeah. I was just saying the dopey, dopey comment was probably mine. Um, so again, we don't know what's going to happen. I think, and 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 many of the commenters uh, think that this is actually probably a good thing. Uh, uh, Walt Winter says on the Twitter, "I think this acquisition could be a really good thing for the franchise." Um, oh, uh, then there were some questions on. Will Disney now go after the uh, Marvel properties that they don't have access to? Spider-Man, X-Men, Fantastic Four, Daredevil. Um, They might. I could very well see Disney trying to scoop up everything and uh, and uh, keep it in-house. Certainly they would. I could see them paying a billion dollars for Spider-Man to Sony. Uh, they probably won't have to wait much longer for Fantastic Four, and those rights will revert back to them. Same way with Daredevil. The question becomes: uh, Will Disney be able to afford the X Men? That's I don't know. Do you think Disney could afford to buy the X Men franchise yeah. from 20th Century Fox? You see, that's the thing about it. Afford to buy it is one thing. We're presuming that Fox has any interest in in selling it. Well, that's true too. You know, that's like if you come to me but and say, "I want to buy this from you." Yeah, keep in mind though. 20th Century Fox used to be the distributor for Star Wars and used to make a crap ton of money off the Star Wars franchise. Not anymore. Aha, uh-huh, you suck. So they may be interested in buying. Someone said, uh, another Twitter, uh, Zach Miller uh, for, over at Joe and Monkey, a great uh, webcomic, if uh, if you go over and check that out, uh, wanted to know. I think everything's a great webcomic. I do think everything's a webcomic. You're a great webcomic. Wait a minute, that didn't come out right. You're a terrible webcomic. Um, no, so anyway, Zach Miller was wanting to know, you know do you boots. think... Do you think Warner Brothers will now be and DC Comics would now be prompted to go buy the Star Trek franchise from Paramount? And my response is why? no. First of all, yes. Why? Um, if for no other reason to continue the argument between the Marvel DC, which one do you like? Star Trek, Star Wars. Um, but to be honest, there's no way Warner Brothers could afford to buy Paramount to acquire or just to acquire the Star Wars, uh, Star Trek franchise. Simply because they don't make the money that um, that Disney does. Disney makes thirty six billion dollars a year. Uh, Warner Brothers makes around twelve billion dollars a year, so they make about a third of what uh, Disney does. And Disney, if they're just peeling off four billion dollars left and right for Marvel, for Lucasfilm, uh, for yeah. major spoilers, I mean, come on, that yeah, it's pretty sure. easy for them to do that. If you've got twelve billion dollars and you have to peel off four billion, you got to make sure that you've got a fast turnaround. And in the case of Marvel, that has paid off for Disney big time. So, you know, I'm curious, though, the one thing that's not addressed, and this will probably come out at some point, Mm -hmm. is all of the patents that uh, that Lucas and Industrial Light and Magic and and all those uh, places have, um, because people forget now Lucas sold it. uh, But Lucas created the first nonlinear edit system. And our entertainment industry today is built upon the edit droid, which was sold off to Avid. Um, but I wonder what happens with all those intellectual property things that are developed at those well those houses. I mean, these are these are standalone businesses. Actually, yeah, whether those are actually still owned by Lucas or not. Well, in the case of a nonlinear edit, the edit droid and Avid, no, Avid owns all of that. But I'm I'm thinking, you know, okay. if, uh, and here's the other thing too: Marvel still is an independent. I mean, still is its own company, just like ESPN is its own company, but they're owned by the parent company, um, uh, Disney. Just like for the longest time when GE used to own NBC kind of thing, they still have to do everything themselves. Um, but it'd be interesting to see where some of those monies now will be funneled back to 
whether inside the company or over to the the parent company. I think this is all exciting, personally. I, I, I think this too. is great. I'm a little concerned. Maybe you are too, Matthew. I'm a little concerned that we're letting the Disney empire really, really grow. I mean, when you look at everything that they own, it becomes Disney, a little concerning. Disney owns everything. All they do. Money. They do. And in, in the era of corporations as human beings, I think that worrying about who actually signs the paychecks is less of an issue than it ever was because Disney took over Marvel mm -hmm. and Marvel still sucks just as much as it did in 2009. <laughs> and all the things about Marvel that were really, really, really a good thing in 2009 haven't changed necessarily. Right, right, right. You know, saying that, that Disney can ruin Lucasfilm is like saying that McDonald's can ruin Chevrolet. Yeah. Wait, never mind. They can. But Disney, and, and this is something else, you know, having a corporate overlord owning you doesn't necessarily mean that you know, Roy Disney Jr. is going to come down and say, you can't have this. Right. right no, right, you right. can't do this in this movie. This is not realistic. You can't have this Jar Jar Binks character because he is offensive to wait. That might, you know, that's a good thing. Let's do that. <laughs> All I know is for anyone who's ever been on Star Tours, that is an awesome ride. And Disney did a great job with Lucasfilm in bringing that to life. And my understanding is when they revamped that uh, attraction a year ago or two years ago, year ago, that's when the talks began on Disney buying Lucas, uh, film outright. So this is a long time coming. This wasn't some lark that whipped up over the weekend. No, it just sort of happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're like, you know what? We're bored. Let's throw $4 billion at George Lucas and see if he panics. <laughs> you know, it's like a big game of gay chicken where you just, you lean over to your male friend and you get as close as you can before kissing them. And then you see who pulls away first. I no. Don't know what you're, I don't know never. what you're talking about. Remind me never to sit next to you on the plane. Plane? <laughs> I don't know if you heard about this Kevin Smith situation, but uh, Southwest Airlines personally sent me a thing that said, you should travel more. We need two seats worth of money. <laughs> All right. So the bottom line is more Star Wars on the way. Yay. More mm -hmm. merchandise on the way. Yay. Uh, George Lucas gets to retire with a large franchise and still consult Yay. in Star Wars. Yay. Um, he leaves behind a great legacy. He's not dead, but as a company, as an innovator, he leaves behind a great legacy. And uh, I cannot wait for 2015 with Justice League of Interest 2 and Star Wars 7 all I hitting can. the theaters. Because that that year will be 45. Oh, here's, here's a great conspiracy theory or a proof that the world will not end this year. You think Disney would have spent all that money to acquire Lucasfilm if the world was going to end? Yes. No. Yes, they would because they don't know. Here's something else you need I to know. I think Disney, the biggest empire in the world, would know if the world was going to end. The Mayans don't follow <laughs> leap years, so the world actually ended in 2009. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Think about that, Mr. Smarty Pants. <laughs> I, I do have an image I do of have another Mayans sitting in a cave going, this will really freak them out. <laughs> I've got another conspiracy theory that people might want to check out over at Majorspoilers.com under the uh, article, Disney Buys Lucasfilm. Mm. People might say that is a definite tinfoil hat moment, but is it? Let us you check in. Oh, go it's ahead. It's easy to wear a tinfoil hat. It is. Your head is that smooth and features. I know brings in the radio waves from outer space. Exactly. Let us take a quick break. Let's listen to our good friend Rodrigo Lopez and two surprise guests as they share their thoughts on this uh, uh, Disney Lucasfilm acquisition. Hey, cool guys. It's Rodrigo. I'm out on uh, 
kind of on vacation because a friend of mine is getting married, but uh, the announcement that uh, look, the Disney show about LucasArts just hit us over here, um, and uh, so I'm, I'm here with my parents, so I wanted to get their reaction. So first, here's my mom, and uh, tell my mom, what, what do you think about uh, LucasArts being acquired by Disney? Well, I like the idea. Now we will have better customs and more toys and I don't know about the movies. Maybe it's going to be too magical instead of being an action movie. But that might work. That's a, that's a good point. Okay, here's my, here's my dad. Now, my dad has always been a huge Star Wars fan, so uh, I, it's, it's really interesting to see his, his perspective, I think. Well, it is really shocking to to see that uh, Lucas sold uh, his own jewels, and I don't know. Probably it's going to be a big change on the uh, characters and everything behind Star Wars. So let's hope for the best. Now, the way that, that, that I feel about it is I was running out of funny things to say on Twitter, so this is going to give me plenty of material. So I uh, hope you guys are having a good show, and I'll talk to you later. Let me turn this off. How to get a major spoiler shout-out. If you want to get a personalized shout-out at the top of the show, all you have to do is the following steps. Number one, visit Majorspoilers.com. Two, click on the Make a Donation button. Three, donate $10 or more to the cause. Four, sit back and relax and hear Matthew butcher your name and say something cute about you. Major Spoilers, bringing the good stuff since 2006. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the Lopez's. It was a stupid Kraken. <laughs> And we want to thank everybody who donates to the cause. Uh, that really helps us out. In fact, uh, you've probably, depending on when you're listening to this, only have a few more, more hours left to vote in the Major Spoilers Costume Contest. Uh, Matthew, I will say this. This mm. is the second time in a row. No, second time in three years that this has happened where we have come down to the wire and we are at a virtual tie. Now, two days ago on Monday, uh, the uh, the top five finalists we had dr strange and mm -hmm. um hobgoblin uh they were separated by a margin of like 29 and 27 percent 27 for dr strange 29 percent for hobgoblin yeah. uh i had mentioned that the time to vote was running out and by monday afternoon it was a dead tie at 28 percent even for each yep. and as we now move into the end of tuesday we're sitting at 28% and 29% for Strange and, and Hobgoblin, respectively. Uh, this could still go down to the wire. We had a, an exact tie uh, two years ago, and we had to rely on a coin flip. Uh, that's how close, I mean, that's how, how it turned out. So, wire. to the wire. And you know what? Everybody, everybody really puts some serious awesome. Oh, yeah. Even if you didn't make it into the top five or the top ten, there are some awesome costumes in this whole thing. And I think that... You know, if if we take it down to the wire, that's super awesome. It just shows how much work and how much appreciation people have. Oh yeah, definitely for what the cosplayers do. Because frankly, if I'm not going as uh, Fred Flintstone or Kevin Smith, I'm probably not going. Did you? Uh, do you want to share who you voted for? Uh, yes, I voted for a person. Excellent. My favorite didn't make it into the top five. Right, 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 right. My well, favorite was Joe Costa, I believe. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. And That's I'm what you did sure say was Joe Costa. Costa. made it into the top 10. No, she didn't make it into the top 10. My favorite one, I was I was really tied of my two that I, well, to be honest, I really like the Doctor Strange. Uh, I really like the Hobgoblin, but the two I thought would be for sure the two fighting in the finals was Slave Leia and Captain America. Those were the two mm-hmm. that I thought were going to make it into the finals. Yeah, I kind of thought that too. <clears throat> the problem that I have with uh, Slave Leia and don't get me wrong, it was a wonderful costume. And Slave Leia is actually, you know, a pretty cool thing to pull off. If you right, pull right, it right. Off. But it seems like there's so many Slave Oh, yeah, Leia's. yeah, there always are. Not in this year's contest, just one. And I, I'm wondering if maybe that didn't affect people's voting of, you know, they, they feel like, I've seen this before. Oh, She's sure, wonderful. Sure, sure. You know, yeah, she yeah. looks great, but we've seen this before. I don't know. Nobody dressed up as Kobe Smulders. <laughs> and, you know, you don't have Hawkeye dressed up as Hansel. Yeah, did you see that trailer? <laughs> I see everything. Am I, on am, I, am I right in saying that that look reminds me of a, of a really over the top Van Helsing? Yeah. And okay. it could be great or it could be horrific. Yeah. So I'm there just are, like, you can find out what we're talking about over at major spoilers.com. And again, thank you everybody for, uh, uh, making the donations that, uh, helps us pay the bills, helps us pay for the, uh, the prizes for this year's major spoilers costume contest. And it even pays occasionally for us to go out and pick up some comics so we can do some reviews. Oh, wait, should I say? Yes. I actually remember Rodrigo actually, and Zach are not here this week. So you're Zach delay. and Rodrigo aren't here. <laughs> and apparently my singing is also on vacation. So that's fun. Fun. So, yeah. By the way, Jamie Chung is a very, very attractive. Oh, character. she is. I think she wow. is so, so darn cute. Yep. I would like to take Review. her out. And, oh, reviews. <laughs> So, it's not, no, <laughs> why don't you go first, Matthew? Let's uh, talk uh, last oh, week's right? Journey into Mystery, number 645. Journey into Mystery, I believe the last issue of Journey into Mystery. Um, this one is entitled Aftermath, which I believe means lunch. Eh, eh. <clears throat> but the main reason that I picked up Journey into Mystery, number 645, was a dear friend of the Major Spoilers podcast, Adriana. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know her as Trell from uh, Critical, Critical Hit, Hit yeah. if you're a fan of that. And who isn't? Yeah, I know I am not <laughs> Wait. In any case, uh, she read this issue and she kept talking about how terrible and how it made her cry. And she was filled with tears and fear and pain and boo-hoo-hooing. And I felt so bad for her that I wanted to see what it was that threw her into such a tizzy. Okay. Partly because I wanted to know that I could say, you know, no, it's all right. Buck up, little camper. And partly because I wanted to see if maybe Adriana is a complete softie. Yeah. So this issue is the end of Kieran Gillen's run on Journey into Mystery. Oh, yeah, I loved her uh, on uh, X-Files. No, 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 no. Kieran Gillen is the one who played Amy Pond. Oh, okay. But uh, in any case, <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking of Robert Guillaume. Who ah, played, that's right. Yeah, played Scully on X-Files. Loved him on Deep Space Nine. Yeah, he was impressive. Uh, in any case, what? <laughs> <laughs> This issue is basically kind of a wrap-up, and I love that concept. I love the fact that recently I reviewed uh, Invincible Iron Man 537, Matt Fraction and Sal LaRocca's last issue for the website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love the fact that they got a moment to kind of wrap everything up and to take a breath and say, this is the end of our run. This is something that is actually a meaningful ending, which is something that kind of got left by the wayside when the new 52 launched a couple of years ago. So I kind of like seeing that, you know, if they're going to do the Marvel Now thing as an all-new, da-da-da, 
they're going to give it a chance to say, okay, here's what we used to have, and here's a chance for you to mourn it. Um, this issue starts with young Loki having done something in the previous issues. And again, I haven't been reading Journey of Mystery, but I bet it was something really, really scary and such. But young Loki ends up mystically talking to his elder self, his evil Tom Hiddleston, uh, puny god self. And throughout this issue, it really breaks down to Loki having to basically pay the piper. We see some interactions with Mephisto. We see what happens with his elder self. And there's a moment where young Loki has to give up his one friend, you know, his one little friend, Leah, and go to hell. H-E-L. I'm not cursing. It's not actually and it's hell. And not to be confused with L over in the uh, Superman exactly. books. Exactly. It's entirely different. But he has to go to hell and uh, confront Hela, the head of hell, the hellhead, if you will. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> cracking myself up. Artistically, this issue is gorgeous. Gorgeous. I mean, there are moments in here where young Loki bursts into tears, and I'm like, you know what? Adriana is not. Well, she is a softie, but this is an issue that can definitely shake you up. This is an issue that didn't quite put me to tears, but it definitely had some incredibly powerful moments to it. Mm -hmm. And the one that has, I think, the most resonance to me is where Loki, you know, he's wrapping up all of his loose ends and he goes to Thor, who is now his big brother. And little Loki, who's about 12 or 13, calls Thor in and we see him just run up and hug Thor around the waist like a little kid and say, if I go bad, Promise me, promise me you'll do it. And he makes his brother promise to kill him. Now, how did he, what did he do? Die and come back as a good person this time? I don't, I don't know what the deal I don't, was with young I, Loki. I'm honestly not sure what happened with young Loki. I okay. think it happened after he was a girl. <clears throat> and, you know, again, it's, it's in a Thor comic, which means I'm going to have only a tangential awareness. Oh, yeah, of yeah sure, sure. <clears throat> but basically, he's been, trying to be less of a jerk but in this issue i mean he has the line he's like we all know how the story ends and at the end of the story he's forced to go off and deal with the fact that he is in fact this evil person that he is a manipulative awful god of of trickster evil and that he doesn't necessarily get a happy ending but the last page we see is him thinking about Leah, the friend that he left behind, mm -hmm. and a big black page that says the end. Cool. Yeah, but they're all they're up. but they're coming back though, right? I mean, next week on well, our next month in November, don't they come back, or is it in January or something? No, no, I'm not entirely sure what happens. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I think it's Kieran Gillen who is drawing or writing rather the uh, series that may or may not be Young Avengers. Mm -hmm. But this issue has a punch to it. Even if he comes back, this issue has a punch. It has an ending. It has something that comics don't usually get. And it's a wrap up. And it's yeah, a moment yeah, yeah. where you, you can say, okay, we're good. We're happy. Or, you know, we're unhappy. This is a story that ends in a place that the character both wins and loses. Yeah. You know, he, he, he doesn't become what he thought he was going to become. But in keeping himself from becoming his evil older self, 
he actually ends up becoming something entirely different that he's not happy with. It's kind of a metaphor for growing up, actually. And that's cool. I'm going to go four and a half slices of meatloaf on this. I'm probably going to check in some trades. Yeah, cool. People have been telling me I should read Journey into Mystery for months. And now that it's over, I think I might be interested. <laughs> uh, Young Avengers returns in, I forget what the month is here, but uh, Karen Gillan and Jamie McKelvey. Yeah. Marvel's now Young Avengers. Oh, they're the guys who did Phonogram. Yeah. And it's got Young oh. Loki and female Hawkeye and female Captain America and. <clears throat> That's who's, the new who's the lizard. Who's the lizard boy? Lizard boy. Yeah, there's some guy that looks like he's what? like. No, he looks like a reptile, but green with blonde hair. A green lizard boy with blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Looking at the cover of Young go. Avengers number one. To the wiki. And then some guy that looks like Quicksilver. But what do I know about Marvel? What I do know um, about that may be Hulkling, who was a Young Avenger. Oh, okay. Maybe it is. Probably is. Could be. What I do uh, know about, though, Matthew, is Rocketeer and the Cargo of Doom number three out this week from uh, IDW Publishing, written by Mark Wade, art by Chris Samney. I got to tell you, if you have been reading the first two issues, this one is an awesome, awesome this wrap. This one is the next one. This one definitely is the next one in that series. Uh, unfortunately, it's the end. I, I think that I don't remember if this was the lead into the ongoing or if this is the ongoing, but the arc is done. And uh, it ended rather abruptly, I thought, um, where the last time we had uh, um, Cliff being captured by the bad guy uh, in the hold of the ship. And we found out that the cargo of doom was really dinosaurs, which I thought was really kind of cool and how they were going to use dinosaurs to take over the world. And the uh, mad scientist guy was going to uh, uh, build more rocket packs and strap them on the back of dinos and let them run this wild to the world. sounds an awful lot like the book that we read for this week. Yeah, kind of a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we'll get to that in just a little bit. Um, but this story just wraps up really quickly. Uh, the guy tries, the, the bad guy tries to take Cliff's rocket pack. He sets it off. It sets the hold on fire. The dinosaurs get loose. Uh, Cliff really ends up killing the bad guy, which is kind of a surprise because normally we don't just see them dying on panel which i thought was kind of a of a shock or a little bit different but i liked it um pv and betty have a discussion about why she's such a um not nice person to cliff and so we get some explanation there and hopefully we'll see that change a little bit it's not really explained whether she finds out that uh cliff is the rocketeer in this issue or not although that kind of does leave some mystery for uh, further stories but here's the cool thing without giving too much away, because this is out this week and I really think people ought to uh, go check it out. Cliff. It's got Batman in it. Yes, it's got Batman. Therefore, it's awesome. Cliff gets a new weapon, <gasps> which was also created by the, the person. <gasps> Howard who, Hughes. Well, no, not in the not in the comic books, not created by Howard Hughes in the movie. The uh, jetpack was created by Howard Hughes in the comic books. It's somebody who may or may not be someone who looks a lot like Doc Samson. I mean, uh, Doc, Doc Savage. Yes. Doc Samson. Um, yeah, Doc Samson. He's a psychiatrist <laughs> with green hair and he builds rocket packs. Well, that's what he does I in his spare time, Doc right? Samson. So uh, it is very, it was very interesting. It was a good wrap up. It was a nice conclusion. I thought it wrapped up a little too fast. I thought this was supposed to be a, a four or six issue series, but I'm glad it kind of ended with this. There's dino ram, dinos rampaging through the uh, through downtown. And if I'm not mistaken, the final panel may be a nice reference to uh, the silent film era, era um, Gertie the Dinosaur, 
Uh, I'm not for sure on that, um, but that's what it that struck me as. Uh, but it was a really, really good issue. I like this a lot. I think people need to go out and probably pick it up. If they're fans of Mark Wade or Chris Samney's art, which is wonderful, or if they're a fan of Dave Stevens or the Rocketeer, Rocketeer Cargo of Doom number three out this week, earning four slices of meatloaf from Cargo me. of Doom. It was really good. Doom Cargo. da 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 da, da. Dinosaurs. Doom, Rodrigo would love this because it's got dinosaurs in it. Do me, do me, do me. I know this is all our rocket powered dinosaur week. Where's Rodrigo? <laughs> I know. I He's at a wedding. Oh, Rodrigo. I tried. I tried. We were supposed to do Super Dinosaur last week, but he couldn't make it. So I pushed it off a week and forgot that he was out again this week. And since I'd promised people we were going to do Super Dinosaur, we have to cover Super Dinosaur because Zach has been jumping up and down about Super Dinosaur. And then Zach crapped out uh, on us. And then us. Zach crapped out on us. Although he just tweeted. What did he just tweet? He said, uh, Hi, my name's Zach. Sure am glad I'm missing podcasting with major spoilers for this game from hell. <laughs> nice. Oh, poor young Zach. Outstanding in well, his field. And people were wondering, what is, what's Zach's uh, Twitter account? We might as well run through everybody's Twitter account real quick. He it's, is uh, uh, at ZWolf with two O's. Yep, two O's. Matthew is at Mighty King Cobra. Of course, I'm with at. one O. Yep, I'm at major spoilers. Rodrigo is Fearsome Critter. Uh, Rob over at Critical Hit uh, is Bore Mortal. It's two O's. Yes. And then you've got D&D Brian, who is uh, D&D Brian. Brian. And then you have. spells that with a a roll of a three and then a botch. Yes. And then if you want to follow Trell, uh, Adriana, who we were mentioning just a few moments ago, it's at Miss Very Very. So there's our current list of Twitter accounts from our podcast. Of course, we've got so many. uh, writers over at Major Spoilers, I don't have all their Twitter accounts memorized, and I'm not even sure all of them are on Twitter, but I am certainly glad that they're all safe, uh, those of them on the East Coast following the uh, the Hurricane Sandy thing. That's some mm-hmm. crazy stuff there, Matthew. I don't know if you watched any of that stuff. Did you see that Transformer I, blow I, up? That Transformer was terrifying. The, um, the shot that sticks with me uh-huh. is the shot from, I think it's either Jersey City or Atlantic City, with the fleet of taxis under four feet of water. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, cool. And you know what's really, really terrifying? Which is? Is is when you think about this, there's so much underground stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You well, wonder if the underground is completely full. I mean, what, I'm I mean from the, Kansas. Are the mole men, are you talking about the mole men coming up the and taking men, over yeah, New York? The Chuds. Uh, the Chuds. <laughs> when, I, when I was either <laughs> there 10, is. 11, or 12, there was a huge flood in Kansas. Yeah. And uh, the south end of my hometown had this bridge, and these pylons are like 35 <laughs> feet tall where you drive yeah. across the bridge. When yeah. I was 7, 10, or 12, there was a flood so severe that the water was running over the top yeah, of yeah, the yeah. bridge. Yeah. You could not exit town for some yeah. time. Because the water was all around us. When when I was growing and I up. I remember that and I'm just like, God. When I was growing up in eastern Kansas, uh, there's a river between uh, the small town of Pomona where I grew up in the in the country. Not really a farm, but in the country where we lived. And when it would flood, the road would completely flood. And that was the only way you could get into town unless you wanted to take a 10-mile detour. And oftentimes we ended up having to take a 10-mile detour because of the flooding. Nowadays, you don't have to worry about that. But uh, we are certainly glad that uh, people are safe uh, uh, over there on the East Coast. All of our writers, all of our fans, all of our listeners, all of the people that follow us on Twitter, everybody who writes in at podcast at Major Spoilers. We really, really appreciate you. And um, uh, let's see. What do we got? Oh, we should have the Major Spoilers Poll of the Week. But again, head over to Majorspoilers.com. 
Go and check out the final closing hours of the Major Spoilers Costume Contest. Cast your vote. Someone's winning an iPad and the other person's winning a portal gun. (laughs) Not a real portal uh, gun. I don't get to be either of them. No, you don't. But uh, what people can do is they can also help us out by going over to uh, Majorspoilers.com, clicking on that Amazon link. I mean, it is now officially Halloween, which means Christmas season has begun. By the time this releases. So now it's time to go buy all of your Christmas gifts over at Amazon.com. And you can help us out. Just go over there. Click on the link at Majorspoilers.com. Just buy all your stuff like you're normally going to do. We get some credit for that, and that helps us move along. We certainly uh, thank everyone who's been doing that over the last uh, six months or so. It's really going to make an impact uh, going into 2013. But since we don't have a Major Spoilers Poll of the Week, Matthew, I'm just going to put it down to you. Who's going to win in a fight, Matthew? Doctor Strange or Hobgoblin? Well, it depends. I mean, if you're talking about the actual characters. Yeah, the actual characters. I'm not talking about these two guys dressed up because. Hobgoblin. uh, And I'm going to go with the Roderick Kingsley Hobgoblin. That's fine. That's fine. He's the one whose powers I actually understand. Hobgoblin is a guy with limited superhuman strength. Okay. Who flies around on a solid steel glider. Yes. Throws small explosives Uh and is relatively smart. Yes. Doctor Strange is a massively mystically powered dynamo who has conquered time, space, and dimension, reversed the aging process, cut all of the most horrifying things you could ever think of. He has beaten into submission. He destroyed the mighty Dormammu. He overcame the mindless ones of the dimension of Umar. He actually re- set the universe not once not twice but four consecutive times so i'm gonna vote hobgoblin really okay no no not even a little bit of course dr strange wins against hobgoblin all right that's who i'm voting for too there you go all right let's take this why because dr strange was created by kirby not kirby ditko Ditko and Stanley. <laughs> All right, Kirby. Go. I just heard uh, it's just no thousands <laughs> of nerd voices good. Out at once. If 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 Disney buying Lucasfilm wasn't bad enough, Matthew said how <laughs> Doctor Strange was created by <laughs> by Jack Kirby. You are dead to me, Matthew. The nerds will no longer speak of it. You are gone. It's like what happened. Oh God yeah. is dead. All right, let's oh. take another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about. Dinosaurs with jetpacks on their backs. Stick around. Hi, my name is Ben, and I enjoy Munchkin, the major spoilers, Munchkin Land, and a critical hit in all your podcasts. Thanks. Thank you you for that. And certainly, listeners, if you want to be part of the major spoilers experience, especially if you have some thoughts, I know that uh, this announcement caught a lot of people uh, by surprise today about uh, Disney and and Marvel, uh, or not Marvel, Disney and uh, Lucasfilm. Um, Marvel bought Lucasfilm. Marvel bought Lucasfilm with no! all their filthy Jack Kirby money. Um, you can give us a call at Jack the Major Kirby Spoilers. Money? Yes, he did. That would be awesome. You know what's cool is, uh, and I guess it's not played up. I haven't seen this movie Argo, uh-huh. uh, but I guess they don't play up the Jack Kirby uh, role in that in that event. Uh, really? Argo was based on a on a different movie um, that was a total flop. Um, but it was supposed to be a big, big, big time deal. Uh, the guy was in, uh, got caught for embezzling and was thrown in jail. So the script was just lying around and that the uh, Ben Affleck character picked it up and was running with it. But they had all of this pre-production art that was done by Jack Kirby. And um, I don't know if it was featured in the film or not, but he actually played a role in that 
in that uh, in that situation. It's really kind of cool. Um, but anyway, back to what we're saying. So many, so many derailing moments here. If you would like to call the Major Spoilers Hotline, <laughs> if you'd like to be part that of the podcast, is, that number is... 785-727-1939, the Major Spoilers, Denji Blue Hotline. And, you know, it's really bad. I feel kind of bad because we spent a lot of time talking about Star Wars and, and Lucasfilm and, and Disney. And I've been talking a lot about our shout-outs, and we haven't really... You know, we haven't heard from Zach, obviously. He's too uh, busy to call in. Rodrigo took the time and shared his uh, parents' thoughts. That was mighty nice of you. Uh, yeah. But I feel kind of bad about keep shilling out our our, our uh, sponsors. But, you know, our sponsors help keep us afloat, too. Not only is yeah, it the donations, not only is it the people that go and buy over to Amazon, but it's our sponsors that uh, help us out as well. And we'd like to thank uh, Tweaked Audio for uh, sponsoring the Major Spoilers podcast and what you can do. And check out this deal. You can go to tweakedaudio.com. Get a pair of their awesome headphones. They come in four different styles. You can get an optional microphone. Rodrigo may have even called in this week with uh, those headphones on those microphones. Uh, you know designed what? probably didn't. It probably he not. forgot that the microphone worked. And he probably not. Like the uh, <laughs> the tweaked audio headphones are designed to sound great for music and talk, and they do. I've edited the Major Spoilers podcast multiple times with these headphones. They're engineered nice. for durability, and when you check out, when you use the code MAJOR, over at tweakedaudio.com, you get 30% off your order. It's tweakedaudio.com, and we thank them for their support. Can you go to Tweaked Audio through Amazon? Uh, probably not. Because that would be awesome. I don't know. Let's see. You won't get uh, 20% or the 30% uh, off, but you oh, can well, buy Tweaked Audio. You can uh, not buy Tweaked Audio earbuds uh, at the Amazon store. And they come in six colors, just like the Power Rangers. Yes, red, green, blue, They're black, silver, blue, and of course, uh, wood. Yeah, Wood Ranger. Uh, Wood he Ranger. Was from, uh, he was from Die Ranger. He was the one that Amy Jo Johnson didn't want to stand next to all the time. Uh, yeah, but what? she was the reason <laughs> that he was called the Wood Ranger, if you know what I mean. Image Comics, Super Dinosaur number one. The evil Max Maximus wants to get to Inner Earth. He wants the dinosaurs that live there. He wants the powerful Dino Ore, or Dino Ore, uh, Dino that originates there. Super Dinosaur and... Maxinor. Derek Dynamo are the only ones that can stop him. The fate of the world rests on the shoulders of a 10-year-old kid and his best friend, a 9-foot-tall Tyrannosaurus Rex, who loves to play video games. Vidya. Vidya Games. Super Dinosaur Volume 1, that is what we are reading this week from uh, Image Comics. First five issues and the origin special are contained in this. The uh, Super Dinosaur series is written by Mark Kirkman with art by Jason Howard. You sure it's not written by Robert Kirkman? I'm sorry. What did I say? Jason Kirkman? You, you said Mark Kirkman. Oh, Mark Kirkman. Uh, that's uh, Robert Kirkman's by real Mark name. Wade. Mark Wade. It should have been. Yeah. Well, Mark Kirkman if Mark is Wade, the one that we were talking about a few months ago. If, if Mark Wade wrote this book, I'd have to slap him upside the head and ask him what the hell he was Steven. thinking. Okay. Here's the cool thing. I will. Here's okay. my first praise of this book. This book shows the true versatility of Robert Kirkman as a writer. Okay. Here yep. he's written The Walking Dead. And he understands graphic, gory, horror, and the adult human experience of suffering through the apocalypse, right? Then we have Invincible, which, eh, yes, it's, it's aimed towards, you know, kind of an older reader, but it's aimed to me at the uh, probably like the 16 to 25-year-old is the, probably the core target audience for Invincible. And so I'd say yes. he understands how to write the superhero both as a parody and as a drama. Right. Okay. Then we get to Super Dinosaur Volume One, or at least in the issues that I have read, and I've not read any more past this. Um, he knows how to write a kids slash tween book, because that is how this book felt to me was something that 
my kid would get a kick out of, and he's five. Yeah, I would agree. I think this is definitely aimed at bringing younger readers into comic books. And I think that unlike a lot of younger readers aimed material, it actually has stuff that I think a younger reader would be interested yeah. in. And of course, you've got uh, Derek Dynamo, who's a character yeah. that you could identify with if you're an eight year old, 10 year old tween or whatever. Uh, so yeah. you've got that going for you. Plus, and He's my 11. son, is he? Yeah. 10 or 11, whatever he is. Um, He's into dinosaurs. And, of course, uh, you've got uh, Super Dinosaur. That's the, the character's name, Super Dinosaur, SD for short. And they uh, they don't uh, hesitate in using that all the time. Right. SD for short. Uh, they go he out and have, have wonderful adventures. Name. Here's the cool thing. <laughs> I, I don't want to say that Super Dinosaur is targeted to much younger audience, although my son, my oldest son, uh, the uh, the boy, is somewhat into dinosaurs still. But the sidekick loves dinosaurs and he's one and a half mm -hmm. and Rodrigo Ever. loves dinosaurs. Rob loves dinosaurs. I so dinosaurs. I, I would have liked Rodrigo to have called in and shared his thoughts on super dinosaur just because of the dinosaur angle. And there's a lot of dinosaur tropes. I mean, you've got Triceratops is one of the bad guys <laughs> and it's, the she's names. a, she's a oh female, God, she's a female, a Triceratops that carries a giant battle ax. So she's Triceratops. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brachiosaurus. Brachiosaurus, yes. Uh, <laughs> Dumetrodon. Yes, they're all Pterodactyl. I mean, come on. You can't hate what's going on. Yeah, pterodactyl. Even, yeah, pterodactyl is good. You can't hate what's going on here and unless you hate puns, which, you know, is valid. Some people do. I, I like them. I, you know what? Okay, so... Uh, if I were to, to spread it, let me add one other book that's not a Robert Kirkman book into this. Kirkman. Uh, and that is Axe Cop. Okay. Yeah. Uh, on the If we were to take the four books that I've mentioned, we've got Walking Dead on the far end of the spectrum. We've got um, Invincible, Near the Middle Age. Then we've got um, uh, Super Dinosaur for the tweeners. And then to me, Axe Cop, and I've said this before, to me it's targeted to the five and six-year-old kind of mentality. Uh, so that's kind of where I see Super Dinosaur is kind of that nice fit between Axe Cop and Invincible, even though, again, I know Robert Kirkman doesn't write Axe Cop, but that same kind of mentality and humor uh, kind of flows between uh, those books. Um, I can see it. I, I definitely had a feeling, you know, there there were some reminiscent moments. I think the the overarching point of both Axe Cop and Super Dinosaur is, isn't that awesome? And yeah, that is yeah, a, yeah, yeah. that's a really good thing to start as as kind of your impetus for your story is we're going to do something that's awesome. Derek is a kid who is in a weird situation. He's super smart. He's super awesome. But he and his best friend get to have cool adventures. Right. They have robots and they have guns and they have gear and they have everything that, you know, a kid really wants when they're young. I remember wanting a robot pal. I remember wanting, you know, a dinosaur pal. I remember wanting all sorts of giant cannons. But I think that part of the problem that you and I ran into here is we are not the target <laughs> audience. We are not 10-year-olds who love video games and dinosaurs. Yeah. And I think that at 41, we may actually be just divorced enough from this thought process to where it not part of it is the fact that we have children of roughly the age that this book would appeal to. Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. And partly it's the fact that 
When I read a comic book, I love the ain't it awesome pew 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 pew, pew moments. Right, right, right. But I also want to have a moment where you're just like, oh my god, Becky's in love with Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. there are there are things that you expect from your fiction in your 40s. You expect some sort of thing that says maybe I'm not as young as I used to be, or Danny Glover getting too old for this shiznit. You know, you get to the point where you want an adult moment to pop up in super dinosaur. You want there to be something more than there's an evil guy and a good guy and the good guy's son has a dinosaur pal. And as much as it's awesome that you get to the end of these issues and it's like, pew, 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 we won. Hooray. You kind of, you want a little Frank Miller in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, it was to me, this was really saccharine. And maybe that's the point. Maybe he is just poking fun at this kind of whole monster buddy uh, trope. Uh, just because of the punny names of the bad dinosaurs and Max Maximus and, you know, yeah. um, and the fact that everything is so predictable. I mean, uh, it turns out that um, Derek's dad has been losing his memory and no one understands why. But Derek is so awesome. And he says that himself. I'm so awesome that I've been helping my dad and funding our secret Dino Dome project for the government for years without anyone knowing. And but because they need help with the with the armor that makes uh, super dinosaur fly and fight and punch and kick and play video games. They have to bring in an outside family who's super smart. The mother and yep. the father are, and they can just whip up super dino parts like nobody's business, but they also have to bring their two daughters, one a little bit younger than max one or not max uh, and Derek. And the other one, just uh, maybe the same age as, as Derek, but she's a real uh, pistol and doesn't want to be there and wants to get out of there any way she can. And, by the end of the story, she's setting off an alarm that brings Max Maximus to the to the lair, and there's a big fighty fighty with a giant super raptor, and mm-hmm. it does get a little crazy insane. But there's some nice family moments, and then there's a cliffhanger because at one point, um, one of the girls says, uh, "What happened to your mom?" And Derek's like, "Huh? What? What do you mean?" And so I'm like, "Oh, wait a minute, maybe he's a robot boy." But then we find out that the reason why. Derek doesn't remember his mom and why Derek's dad is having memory problems is because Max Maximus has kidnapped the mom and stolen her away and stolen all memory of her. No, no, (laughs) oh no, it's terrible. (laughs) I, I don't know. This is, this is a, I have to give Robert Kirkman credit for this because he wrote this so well in Hitting that target audience. And, you know, if you read Super Dinosaur and then you read an issue of Walking Dead, you would, and if you weren't paying attention you to You would credits, be put on a list. <laughs> you would not like know. when Steven got the porn channel and the Cartoon Network <laughs> at the same time. Pay-per-view, they put him on a list. Pay-per-view. Oh, yeah. I got to yeah. get off that list. Uh, uh, but uh, you would not know that this is the same writer. I don't think so. I think you would because, uh, well, there are a couple of things that happen. That are very similar in that Kirkman does not play up to a couple of tropes. One, um, Erica, the daughter, mm-hmm. she's the the dark brooding, yeah, yeah. but she has a twin who's super awesome. Right. The siblings who are opposites thing crops up a lot. The trying to live up and, and cover for your parents' flaws comes up a lot. There are elements of, you know, Carl Grimes. That are present in Derek Domino. Uh, for one well, thing, I guess you never, know Super they're Dinosaur. They're never in the damn house. Super Dinosaur does get his arm chopped off. Yeah, they're never in the house ever. 
But more importantly, I think that Super Dynamo, Super Dynamo, Super Dinosaur and Derek <laughs> Dynamo, which is extremely difficult to yeah, say yeah, yeah. when you're when you're drunk on uh, peach brandy and playing with a signal man toy. Um, I, that's not a euphemism either. <laughs> yes, it is. He's playing with his little action figure. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Oh, the peach brandy dummy. Oh. Um, no, it's fun. And there's not a whole lot of impetus behind things other than, oh, no, action, bad guys do bad things, good guys do good things, and good prevails. And that's fine. But it read, you know, it read like the action is in there in a way that it reads like a cartoon show. It reads like a Ben Tennyson without the moral story at the end of each issue. Ben Ten, it reminded me a little bit of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah. Where you have six kids against this almighty, immortal, powerful wizard who loses all the time, which right. is fine. Right. And I think that having the good guys win every time is a perfectly valid storytelling method. For this again, age group, yes. Yeah. I don't I think it's I think it works for any age group. I know uh Rob had been a fan of Super Dino. Oh, he he loves this book. Yeah. This is a book though that is definitely aimed at a particular mindset. Part of the reason that this book I think works less successfully for you and I is that a, I have read about 450,000 comics Mm -hmm. and there isn't a whole lot in super dinosaur that isn't a trope somewhere. Stan, don't get me wrong. I like this book. And I think that for you, it's something where it's, it's tying into a story, a type of story and story beats that we've seen. Right. Right. You know, we've seen that. You you haven't read as many comics as I have. No. But you've probably seen twice as many cartoons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And read more web comics. God help Oh, yeah, you. yeah. Boy. To where, you know, there, there are very uh, – you made me read, what, 854 yes, weeks of, of that Wapsie Square thing. Yeah, yeah, and now you're a and, fan. No, I wanted to open a vein <laughs> with a shrimp fork. But <laughs> Super Dinosaur is not necessarily for us. Right. Yeah, and that's what I'm that's what I'm coming into saying is this is not for me, but I understand why it is why it's why, why it's it, fun, why yes. the people who uh-huh. like it like it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. by saying that we're not the target audience, we're certainly not saying that it's not good. It is good. I love the art. Oh, art is awesome. The art is phenomenal. It's so I love fluid, it's bouncy. You look at the you look at a lot of artists have problems with technology mm-hmm. or natural things you know there are a lot of artists who can draw a really great dinosaur but can't draw technology there are artists who can draw awesome technology but couldn't make a dinosaur look like a dinosaur right 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 the art in this book manages to do both and it has the greatest greatest thing since dr octopus controlled his arms with those little telephone dials on his (laughs) tummy yeah yeah super dino is a tyrannosaurus which means he has little tiny arms yeah yeah he has joysticks mm-hmm. at at stomach level that he uses to control the giant battle arms on his battle armor. It's so awesome. It's a video game interface because that's what he knows how to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just awesome. Awesome. The technology that you see here is wonderful. The backstory, you know, has little bits of oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Center of the Earth. It yeah. has little bits. Professor Challenger on Dinosaur Island. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff here that they've taken really, really great bits of about five or ten different things and combined it into something that is, if nothing else, it's unique. And I like the fact that it's unique. 
even if there are parts of it that I, I kind of go, man, I wish there was a little more, little more depth to the conflict, yeah. a little more emotional I input. Think it, it, to me, it just felt so much like a Ben 10 Disney afternoon cartoon show yeah. that Dark I kind of just, but it, but again, I don't want to say that this is the same as Ben 10 because it's not, because I think actually Ben 10, and again, I haven't read more than the six issues that are in this volume. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to see, say Ben 10 has a little bit more depth than, than super dinosaur does. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I need to read the next two volumes and maybe I change my mind. Cause that's certainly how, when I, the first couple of times I saw Ben 10, I was like, Oh, this is stupid. Not, not for me, but for my kids. Yes. Great. Stupid. Yeah. 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 And that's kind of how I felt with, with this was, this is really good. I understand where the creators are coming from. I understand why they're doing everything that they're doing. I understand that this is a comic book that should not, well, it should not just appeal to young kids, but to me, it's something that is a young kid target audience. And if that's truly what they're going at and, uh, then great. I have a feeling just like when you weren't here, when we had our discussion of, um, books of magic Mm-hmm. And you were like, "Ooh, Stephen, you guys did it so wrong." It's like, "No, I didn't." You guys did it so wrong. You I, totally I, did. I, I totally have a feeling that I'm going to get an email from Rodrigo at uh, two o'clock in the morning, going, "Man, you guys really whiffed it on that one on that review of Super Dinosaur. It's so awesome." Um, it's or maybe he wouldn't. Fun. Maybe he wouldn't. But um, I know that this is a book. I'm pretty sure Rodrigo said he did buy Super Dinosaur Volume One. Yeah. Um, the art I is fantastic. The story would would send an email. I think he would just no, passive aggressively probably. Go. Well, you guys suck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he he would say on Twitter, "I've got these two friends. They really suck." <laughs> um, but uh, you know, th- I think the art is fantastic. This is you know action packed. Something's happening in every single panel. There's not downtime. Um, the characters are out of this world as far as their capabilities go. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um. It is a good, fun book all around. I would say that if you feel like you are the target audience, then this is an awesome book for you. I don't feel like I am the target audience, so this was not a book for me. So ultimately, when it comes down to it, I have to give this one a borrow. This is not one that I can say just go out and buy unless you know for sure that you like dinosaurs, rocket packs, and Saturday morning cartoons all mixed into one. Rocket Pachosaurus. Rocket Pachosaurus. I bet you that's in volume two. Pachycephalosaurus. Pachycephalosaurus. Wait a minute. I think you take penicillin and that clears that up. Yeah. Every time just whoosh. Yeah. Bottom line for you, Matthew. <laughs> I'm going to have to say the same. I'm going to have to go with borrow for, for two reasons. One, it is definitely aimed at a younger mindset, I think. Not necessarily, you know, 6, 10, but I think a 6 to 10-year-old would enjoy it. Yeah. But I think that you want to check something like this out because there is a really fine line between high concept and dumb idea. Right. And the, the, you know, the finding of said line is a very personal thing. For me, this is high concept that isn't quite my cup of tea. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing here that's bad. It's just not necessarily something that I'm going to go and buy month over month over month. Right. It's still good. You want to check something like this out. You want to see, hey, is this something that I dig or am I, am I going to be irritated? Am I going to, mm-hmm. am I going to read this and go, oh man, why, why did I read this? You know, and I don't believe that anybody's going to have a hugely negative reaction. 
because I no, think it's a I don't. Point. I don't think anyone's going to say you know. Even though you and I are saying, well, this isn't our target group, and there may be people that are like, oh, I blindly follow everything Matthew says, so I'm not going to read this. Or if they go and read it, I don't think they're going to say, oh, this was the worst waste of my time ever. I don't think anyone's going to say that. I think even if it's not for you, I think you're going to appreciate yeah, what's yeah. going on here. The, Just like I the no longer and the storytelling. Right. I think you yeah. I, I mean, I no longer like The Walking Dead. Okay, I haven't read it in, you know, what are we up to now? 105 issues. I haven't read it in, you know, 10 issues. Um, But I appreciate it and I understand what it's going for. I'm just no yep. longer the target audience for it. And it's a fine book and it's well-crafted and it's well done. But it's yep. just not for me. And that's kind of how I feel about Super Dinosaur. Yeah. So. And that's perfectly valid. I mean, it, it's not like you're crapping all over the book. You're just no, saying no, no, it's no. not... It's not your bag. You're no, more I, into Swedish made penis and larger pumps. And I wish, cool. I wish that, uh, the boy could stay up a little longer. Actually, I don't, uh, he needs to sleep. Yeah, he gets kind of, he gets cranky and whiny, but some people have said, Hey, I would really love to hear the boy's thoughts on things that you guys talk about in the future. Like the f- heroes fighting out. I really wish I would have had time to sit down and read through this book with him to see what he thinks about it and get an honest reaction from him. Because I think he might think that this is the best thing that he's ever seen. To be honest, I really do think that he would say, oh, this is awesome. This is cool. Did you see that part where the door opened and they flew through and then they were in the Arctic and then the thing on the back of the giant dinosaur and then the whoo and the pow and the zam? I think that's what he would say. I think he'd be really into it. I think he'd like the pictures. Uh, I think he'd understand the story and the characters. Um, So it's, you know, from that standpoint, I I think it's I think it's a good deal. And it's certainly gone on. I mean, we've had um, what is it up to issue 15 or something right now? Seventeen, like yeah. So it's it's a it's a good series. I don't know if it's going to have the longevity of Walking Dead or Invincible, but for now, I think it's going to work for people. Yeah, and uh, it's something where definitely I'd be interested to see if uh, the midget would like it. But I kind of get the feeling that she would probably just go <laughs> because the midget is also somebody who's like, I want weird subplots. <laughs> have you, uh, have you read astounding Wolfman? I did read astounding Wolfman and I didn't necessarily like it as much partly because it was tying, it was tying into a very trendy sort of twilighty motif. Oh, okay. At a time when I was just kind of like, Oh my God, do we need another werewolf vampire show? Mm-hmm. Do we need another werewolf vampire book? So, you know, that's fine. I'm a- All right. I didn't know. Cause that's also by the, this, this particular team, Kirkman and Howard. So I didn't know if you felt the same way or not. So no, uh, actually I, I, I didn't like Wolfman as much as I like super D. Yeah. I'll say this. Kirkman is versatile. I, I've got a lot more respect for him after reading this. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know what everybody's laughing now. Say it, Matthew. Say it, Matthew. Say it, Matthew. Say it. <laughs> this is this is a big one, Elizabeth. <laughs> okay, I think that uh, are all of our thoughts on on Super Dinosaur. That are all of them. Those are all of them. Them are the thoughts. What we are hasn't. That is correct. And that wraps it up for this issue. Thank you so much for listening. And being part of the major spoilers experience, both on the website, on the Twitter, on the email, on the phone calls, and so many more places around the web. On the other things that don't need a definite article. You know, next week, I wonder, uh, I haven't brought this up, and I have to look and see if we can get access to it. Uh, American Vampire. Have you read that series? Nope. You, into, you want to try it out? Sure, what the hell? All right, we'll see about American Vampire next week. Why? Because we're always interested in reading new things, and we know that you are too, and we will talk with you soon.
Blah, blah. I'm a super dinosaur vampire from America, blah. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. Fabulous revision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Yes, I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as that comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. Yeah, what a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Oh, and I think I found a better way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just buzz through that big wall, take their comic books away. But then the little me would deal. With all those tanks and bombs and guns Have you ever tried to read a series With all that going on Guess I need to rethink this plan How would I bag and board my comics With such huge hands Guess I already told ya What a major spoiler surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. What I really even need to keep up on all those escapades. I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being caught up in a fun bee in the Middle East with a king set throwing soldier. Spoilers. It's copyright 2012.